We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more information on Plexus, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. That's P-L-E-X-U-S-S dot com forward slash solutions. Or you can email us at podcast at plexus.com. Well, welcome to the Plexus podcast series. And today I have Dr. Jeremy Moreland from William Woods University. Jeremy, how are hey, you Brad. doing today? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. Thanks for the invitation to join you, Brad. Of course, of course. And so if I could, let's, um, let's start with the trip to Fulton, Missouri. You know, I, I had followed your LinkedIn <laughs> pictures and messages with family. Can you talk a little bit about that? And what was your thought process uh, during the move and realizing, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the president? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So thanks for the question. So, um, you know, uh, William Woods University is, is really an amazing, amazing place, uh, made up of a remarkable history, uh, terrific student population and, 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 and professionals and, and supporters like, like none other. And, you know, as I, as I learned more and more about this, this university, I just, just couldn't pass up the opportunity to, to, um, to uh, compete <laughs> for the opportunity to, to, to join the institution and lead. Um, my, my predecessor, um, the amazing 12th president of William Woods University, Dr. Janae Barnett, was here for 31 years. Uh, so just had an amazing legacy of, of development over the years at this, at this institution, you know, as it grew from uh, a college serving exclusively women to a co-educational institution to a university offering undergraduate and, and graduate degrees. Um, I just uh, saw uh, amazing opportunities everywhere I looked here at the institution and um, was was just honored and, and overjoyed at the chance to, to come join when when the board uh, offered me that opportunity. Um, so the move from uh, from Miami, um, I was part of the team down at St. Thomas University with uh, with President Armstrong and a terrific, terrific faculty and staff as we uh, we did remarkable work there at, at, at STU. Uh, we had an institution that had a great history and, and a nice portfolio of programs, but but needed some work to grow. And uh, uh, just shy of three years later, I'm really proud of the work that we did did together at STU. And uh, as uh, as I got to know William Woods University and got to know the board and, and what they were interested in, it seemed like there was a lot of overlap between work that we did down there at STU and, and work that could be done up here at William Woods. So I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, Missouri is, is a beautiful place. People have been so welcoming and, and friendly to, to me and my family and uh, just just couldn't be, couldn't be happier to be here in Fulton getting to work now. So now, are you uh, are you a Cardinals fan, or or is that kind of something you, you have to be in, in Missouri? Isn't that right? <laughs> you do kind of have to be, don't you? And I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to join. <laughs> well, perfect. Well, that's great. And so, um, so how do you go about building a strategic plan? What does that look like when you start as the president? You know, let's say over the first hundred days, six months, year. Especially when you're stepping in after a president, as you mentioned, after a president's been in the seat for 30 plus years, how, how do you how do you affect change or what are your goals? Sure, sure. Absolutely. So so the university is really in the in the first year of, of a five year strategic plan. Um, and wisely, uh, the institution said uh, over the last couple of years, hey, let's let's make sure we're taking another peek at our at our plan here to make sure that things are, are making sense, given um 
given the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, given other factors around higher ed. And, and certainly, uh, Janae Barnett, my, my predecessor, was was terrific and, and gracious and had the foresight to say, hold on now, now Dr. Moreland's likely going to want to want to put his put his thumbprint on this as well. So I'm pleased to tell you in these early days, um, this terrific leadership team I have has really rallied and said, okay, let's let's work through the strategic plan. Let's make sure that that the initiatives here are making sense for us moving forward. And I've really been open to um, to what I'm I'm bringing to bear, which is a, a, a focus on building what we're already doing really well, building upon those strengths, um, looking in other areas for where we can continue to 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 advance in some areas that we'd like to where we where we're, we've maybe retracted in recent years, and then. Uh, Gosh, you know, doubling down in our hometown, uh, meaning we, we've got great partnerships locally here in Fulton and here in Callaway County uh, with with some remarkable employers, uh, both both commercial and and public sector. And then uh, we just got this terrific population of alumni and often alumni who are second time students who are leading. And, and let me give you an example. Um, so we're we're really well known for a remarkable campus undergraduate experience, um, which is absolutely the case. It's a, a terrific place to be as, as an undergraduate. But we actually have more graduate students from William Woods University than we do undergrads, which a lot of people are surprised to learn, unless you're an educator in Missouri. Um, I, I, was, I was blown away when I learned that there are over 400 K-12 principals and superintendents in Missouri who are alumni of William Woods University. So wow. what I'm working to do right now is really understand what their needs are as professionals, what their lead needs are as workforce development experts, and what their needs are as uh, promoters of uh, juniors turned seniors, uh, and then turned uh, college students soon as well. So for me, strategy is really about understanding what are the what are the forces? What are the strengths that we have around us, and how can we how can we leverage those to continue to to grow and and really strengthen the institution in such a way that uh, we're over 150 years old? And and you ask what is what is my goal? My goal is to make sure that we're doing this for another 150 years. So let's take a step back and uh, really talk a little bit about you know what what shaped you. You know what shaped your you throughout your your journey that's now led to the presidency at at William Woods. Um, and I, I always I always like to start with the question: Who were your mentors growing up and and currently? Oh wow! Thanks, thanks for the question. You know when I think about my my mentors, um, many of those who were early can continue to be. Um, I think of. You know, I, I think many of us who uh, have been fortunate to have had a, a truly, um, as the Gallup-Purdue Index would call it, a really uh, rare, um, transformative, magical undergraduate experience, uh, I had that experience as, as an undergraduate student. And for me, it was mostly because of one faculty member. And that faculty member uh, said, said just five or six magic words to me, which was, um, you seem to be pretty good at this. <laughs> so uh, this this faculty member took took an interest in me and and really um, affected the the trajectory of my career. Um, I I thought, gosh, well, if I'm I'm pretty good at this this research stuff, maybe I should do more of that. Um, so uh, that that's certainly a lifelong mentor that um, you know just just gave that extra effort to to recognize something something different in me and to give me the feedback, the gift of feedback. Uh, 
and then as I, I think about my my career in, in higher ed, you know, I fell into to administration pretty early after finishing my PhD when I was 26. So I've I've been a been an administrator for a while. I think about my deans and my presidents, and those are the people who also were generous enough to give me the gift of feedback along the way. Um, very different leadership styles, and, and I learned from from each of those as I ultimately sort of settled into and crafted my own. Um, from uh, very very direct feedback, uh, from understanding how they operated publicly and privately. Um, I think of one of my uh, remarkable presidents who uh, um, was was just incredibly gifted at storytelling, and I very often realized that as that president was telling stories they were coaching. <laughs> they were coaching their senior leaders. So so often we would leave those those cabinet meetings and realize, oh wow, these these impactful stories that we've now we've now um, committed to, to long-term memory um, and had real feeling with them have real implications for what we're doing every day here. Um, so for me, those those mentors have, have have been the people who have who have been good enough to to give me the gift of feedback along the way, um, have been willing to recognize um, not only when things were going well, but when they weren't, um, and uh, were willing to invest in uh, time and, and effort in, in helping me uh, help my institutions and, and ultimately uh, uh, find ways to grow. So what, um, in your move to, to Fulton and, you know, in your early days as, as president, what's been the biggest surprise to you? Hmm. Wow. Uh, you know, my, I, 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 I suppose I shouldn't be surprised by uh, an institution that has thousands and thousands of alumni. And as I said, a, a century and a half of, of history of, of doing what we do. But I've truly been surprised by the breadth and depth of commitment um, that I hear from our alumni, um, from their friends and family, um, as supporters for this institution. We've got a lot of people on our side, uh, which, is, which is really heartening. And a lot of people who really recognize the, the truly welcoming, uh, diverse, inclusive environment uh, that is happening on this campus. You know, regardless of major, we have some really standout, uh, unique programs here on campus, but what they share with, with other majors on campus is our students get a solid, um, solid background in, in the humanities and the liberal arts and really acquire what, what we've come to describe as essential skills that employers uh, across the board are asking for. Um, you know, can your graduates uh, make sense out of numbers? Can your graduates work with people who aren't just like them? Um, can your graduates uh, recognize opportunities to, to lead? And uh, can your graduates uh, uh, join a meeting with, with senior executives and stand and deliver and, and not end up in a in a in a ball on the floor in, in terror. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I I've just been I, I suppose surprised and and um, just delighted to find how many people uh, graduates across decades uh, who recognize that that value in their experience here and the experience that our students are having right now. Um, can you talk a little bit about how does the faith based element tie into uh, in education at, at William Woods. Sure, sure, absolutely. We have we have a longstanding and and rich relationship with the Christian Church, the Disciples of Christ, uh, and we value that greatly. Um, and at the same time, there's a place for every student on our campus. Uh, 
regardless of denomination, uh, faith tradition, or, or even students who might be uh, absent a faith tradition in their family. We find that everyone feels welcome here. Uh, what's important to me is that, is that our students are able to be themselves uh, as they continue to grow into to young adults. And so we're, a, we're, we're an environment where dialogue is open, uh, it's respectful, it's appreciated, um, and um, we're we're, uh, we're we're helping um, young adults grow into grow into their own uh, as university educated citizens who uh, not only uh, are interested in one another but really appreciate the differences among them. So I, I know that you offer a number of adult oriented programs, and you know as you had mentioned, you know there's a large number of, of graduate uh, students. Um, yeah. How how do you how do you go about working with you know an adult learner that twenty four years and older student in comparison to that traditional student who might be uh, might be right out of high school? I mean, you you all really have carved out a great niche, and you're clearly very successful at at supporting both types of populations, if you will. Can you talk a little bit about about how do you do that? How do you ensure student success for those really different populations? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so certainly for I, I guess what historically has been called a traditional student, um, but I'll say you know a student who's in their their late teens, early twenties, uh, tends to reside on campus or, or commute full time to campus, uh, taking most of their classes in person. That's that's the population that you might call a, a traditional student population, and that's always been a, a core part of of what the experience has been here at William Woods. But yeah, we've, we've done a terrific job of at the same time uh, evolving our practices to be able to serve um, what conventionally is referred to as an adult learner uh, as well, which really has been the, the um, most frequent student in, in my career. So I'm, I'm proud to have served uh, those adult students for, for years. Uh, a, a big part of that is recognizing the realities of, of that adult learner's um, uh, experience. Uh, they're often having to work uh, many of them are having to work a lot, especially these days. Uh, likely they have family commitments and obligations that keep them from uh, a full-time campus face-to-face -face engagement, but uh, their academic and professional goals are just as important as, as anyone else's. So um, as we value diversity here on campus, we've got to value the, the, the diversity of, of circumstances that our students bring. Um, from a pedagogical perspective, uh, I, you know, it's often key to make sure that we're leveraging application up front. Um, you know, historically, adult learners uh, are really keen on understanding the, the, the so what <laughs> before, we, before we later back into, back into theory. So let's understand practice first and then, and then let's get into, the, get into the background rather than uh, sort of the conventional vice versa approach. By the way, I think an interesting caveat there is I'm finding that traditional age um, students uh, these days are, uh, that, that's the approach they prefer as well. Hey, let me get in there, let me put my hands on this subject and then, and then give me some background on this uh, after the fact. So I'm not so, so sure that, that that pedagogy is gonna continue to, uh, continue to, to diverge. Uh, you know, the other thing that's important to consider for, um, for non-traditional age students or adult learners is you know not only modality. Very often they're going to need to be getting to us um, uh, online as opposed to as opposed to face to face. So we've got to have a really strong um, pedagogy uh, uh, and and curriculum that's that's truly engaging online, not just throwing uh, 
face-to-face classes into an online format, uh, but also really understanding the um, the context of, of their previous educational experiences. So often they're going to bring a, a, a portfolio of credits from, from other institutions that uh, our team does a great job of working with them to apply as, as much as they possibly can to their studies here uh, at the Woods. And that's true both for, for undergrads and, and grad students. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a very saturated market. You know, competition is, is intense. Um, really across the country. And so, um, you know, as you had mentioned, you mentioned a number of reasons why William Woods is different and, you know, your rich history and, you know, your, your um, engaged alumni. But um, can you talk a little bit about that? Why, why William Woods? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So, well, first, first, I would have to point to a couple of cornerstone programs that are, that are truly, truly special and, and truly unique. And, um, I, I believe that as more uh, prospective students out there learn about William Woods University, uh, they're going to be just as excited as I am about this place. Um, so we have some programs that you know students have known their whole life uh, that they're going to be a part of, and and sometimes they've known about William Woods along the way because their their uh, their parent, their mother, or their grandmother, or in some cases both, uh, attend the university. And others learn about learn about us uh, along the way, and 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 discover that we're the perfect fit. And I, the best example there that I'd point to is equestrian studies. So we have an amazing equestrian studies faculty uh, facilities. Um, we have a, a, a beautiful herd. We have a, we're 150 years old, and we have over 150 horses uh, here on campus. Uh, those are in four separate barns. Uh, each of those is styled and built and addressed in a way that's specific to the writing discipline um, that's taught out of that barn. Um, and as students learn about these programs, they know we're the right place for them because they've been, as, as my uh, remarkable uh, director of equestrian studies says, they've been horse crazy uh, their whole life. They've been in, in love with horses for years. They've been riding for years and they know that this is the right place to be when they when they discover that possibility. And, and our faculty, our, our director, they do an amazing job of taking students to the next level in terms of equestrian studies and making sure that they're profession ready uh, for, for uh, work in the equine industry as they, as they progress through those programs. We, we have other programs that students sort of discover as remarkable um, professional opportunities when they learn more about us. So the example that I'd point to there is our ASL interpreting program. So we have a lot of students who uh, might learn about the institution. They learn about William Woods. They hear us say that we're, uh, we're an inclusive environment, but you know, a lot of places say that, what is, what does that really mean? Well, one of our cornerstone programs is really about uh, including others. And in this case, the deaf population that leverages ASL as their, their principal language. Um, so uh, I, I've met uh, longtime alumni who have said, hey, I came to the institution, learned about this ASL interpreting program, and knew it was for me. Um, I knew it was for me because I'm interested in including others. Um, and practically speaking, it's a, it's a terrific profession to, to be involved in. Um, and you know, people can take that, that profession as, as far as they, as they wanna go. Um, so terrific cornerstone pro- programs there. By the, well, that, by the way, that ASL interpreting program is at the, the bachelor's level where, where some others operated around the associate's level. Um, so 
to me, it's about recognizing who we are as an institution, um, what it is that truly sets us apart, um, and then finding ways to um, make sure that we're in touch with students who have affinities in those areas and, and want to come and learn more. Uh, we have a lot of students who are really proud of the fact that we have strong equestrian programs, even if they're not in those programs. Um, just like we have a lot of students who are really excited that one out of two of us are student athletes, even if they're not student athletes. Uh, they love being at a place that has a vibrant, unique campus, a super rich history, and frankly, a bright, bright future ahead of it. Well, and I, I am sure that my three daughters, when they get to that age, they will love hearing about the equestrian programs that <laughs> William Woods has. <laughs> um, so how do you, how do you go Come on over. Yeah. Let me know. We'll, we'll book a visit. Oh boy. Hey, be careful. Uh, they, <laughs> they'll be, they'll be there quickly. So um, how, how do you go about finding uh, equestrians or how do you go about really marketing and, and, you know, and identifying students that are a good fit? Yeah. So, um, you know, for, for, for many years, our, our reputation um, really led uh, and, you know, William Woods university continues to be really well known in, in the equine industry. Um, but I, I, I think that we would, be, we would be foolish or we might forward our future if we decided to rest on our laurels. So one of the things we're doing right now is we're getting to where, um, getting to where future students and the families of future students are. Uh, so we're getting to places like, like horse shows, but we're also getting to, getting to schools uh, that have an equine experience at the center of their, their K-12 uh, experience. So that students know that there is some place that they can go uh, for, for university, even if, even if they're interested in majoring in business uh, and continue to, 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 to learn and, and develop as, a, as an equestrian. Um, so we work hard to, to get to those places where those, where those students are uh, who may not have, have heard about us yet so that they can, they can learn more. Uh, we know that this is the right place for them. We just have to make sure that they're aware of us so that they see that too. Yeah, without a, without a doubt. Um, so do you, do you all offer online programs? We definitely do. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I guess what, as far as a priority, what, what are your priorities as far as ongoing growth? Let's say a year from now, three years from now, and is online a part of that? Yeah, definitely. So, so we definitely have a, a, a really nice range of fully online bachelor's programs at the institution. So if somebody's interested in a BS uh, in business administration, we have that. If you're interested in cybersecurity, we have that. We actually have a bachelor's program in, in deaf human services, uh, which surprises a, a lot of people, but we offer that online as well. Um, and then, you know, my, my own favorite, I was a psych major as, as an undergrad, and we offer a BA in psychology online as, as well. Um, so we, we have a lot of uh, really diverse offerings for students who, who can't join us here uh, on campus and want to make sure that they're part of this institution. Um, and uh, at the same time, want to make sure that they have a, a really um, scientifically rooted, uh, ped pedagogically based curriculum for their, their online program. And that's what they're going to get as, as undergrads in our, in our online programs. And then of course, uh, our graduate programs, um, we leverage the online, online modality because frankly, so many of the people who uh, want and need those graduate programs are those full-time working adults that you were alluding to earlier. And um, while they may or may not uh, want to, to, to come face-to-face -face on, on campus, the realities of their life 
uh, often don't don't allow them the, the opportunity to do that as often as they'd like. So we've designed um, online graduate programs that really meet professionals where they are um, so that they can continue to grow uh, in the ways that they want to, whether they're leaders in uh, education, uh, whether they want to grow as uh, in their understanding of the, the, the practice of leadership itself or, or uh, in, in other areas, even including, uh, you know, a master's in education in, in equestrian education, uh, in ed leadership, or, or even STEM, uh, science, technology, engineering, and, and math. Uh, which is an area that's that's uh, really booming here on campus as well. So how has COVID impacted the institution and really how have you adjusted to adapt? Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'd love to take all the credit, but I can't, you know, I, I, I just joined the institution in October. I'll tell you that William Woods has done a, done a bang up job uh, since the spring of 20 in managing cases, um, in, in keeping people as, as safe as they possibly can, but also at the same time, um, doing for students what they want, which is to continue to meet face-to-face, -face, um, continue to, to be a part of this vibrant campus experience at this beautiful campus, by the way, when you, you bring your daughters to, to come take a look at equestrian studies, you'll, you'll, you'll fall in love with it too. Um, and it, none of that would have been successful without um, our students um, really making a commitment to, to do that. Yeah, and, and you know how that works. So administrations and faculty can set all kinds of expectations, but if students aren't, aren't uh, partnering in that, um, well, you saw how that went on, on several campuses over the last couple of years. So the Woods has done a terrific job of, of, of keeping everyone as, as safe, and, safe and as healthy as possible while continuing to, to engage. You know, in terms of student numbers, uh, we've had about the same uh, numbers of, of students on campus uh, uh, throughout um, the COVID pandemic. So that shows that, that students still want to be here and that the university's done a great job of meeting that need. Uh, where we have seen some declines, it's predictably around students who have, would have been commuting otherwise. And we know that those students are uh, statistically at a little greater risk of, of uh, changing work demands, changing family demands, and um, so, so I wasn't surprised to, to see that that's where, um, uh, where we had some students who had to take some time out, but, but we're, um, we're in touch with those students. We're eager to help them continue their education, um, very soon. And I expect to see those numbers, um, recover and, and continue to grow, uh, very soon. Well, and you had talked about the influence that you have on, you know, the institution has on the local community and, and vice versa. Can you talk a little bit about how the institution does engage with local businesses and the community? What, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, when I've spoken before about how passionate I am about, you know, independent colleges and universities and, you know, our job really is a, a, a one by one job of changing lives. And, uh, and that's, that's the case here in terms of local businesses as well. Um, you know, I, I have uh, local entrepreneurs here, local organizational leaders who have become fast friends. Um, they are um, serving as, as internship sites, very often turned, turned employers for, for our students. And, you know, they're, um, they might be in relatively small numbers. They're in, they're in single digits, not dozens in many cases. But they, they and, and maybe because of that, they have a very rich, personalized experience. 
And my gosh, um, our business owners are, are so appreciative of the, by the way, many of whom are Woods graduates themselves, are so appreciative of the remarkable university educated young adult leaders uh, they have joining their, joining their staffs. Um, and, and again, they, they're, they're also, um, these, these, these business leaders are very forthcoming in terms of their feedback about what they wanna to continue to see, which I alluded to earlier in terms of the essential skills that, that really matter, uh, certainly in today's workplace. Um, so it's really gratifying to see that we're, we're, we're definitely um, continuing to, to effectively pursue our mission here of, of being uh, professions oriented and, and preparing students that are, that are intellectually curious, uh, that are inclusive. And, you know, this, the student centered environment is, is, is producing the kind of uh, intern turned graduate turned employee that we, uh, that we intend to. And, and, you know, when we talk about diversity um, and inclusion, um, what steps have you taken um, and has the institution taken as far as making sure that, that you're maintaining a focus on that? And I should also probably throw in, you know, equity as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, we make sure that inclusion um, and an equitable experience um, you know, in the pursuit of diversity is is a constant conversation here here on campus, and we're advancing in in some structural ways to be able to reinforce that. So, you know, really really proud of the fact that the university very recently has established a, a DEI office. Um, just this week, uh, we we had our, our first of of what will be an annual tradition around recognizing uh, MLK's birthday um, and the implications of that globally, nationally, and and then right here on campus. Um, and then, you know, I, I, I think it becomes a, a very personal commitment as well. Um, I'm proud to say that I, I see that in our students. I see them reaching out um, across maybe traditional uh, boundaries, some, some, some perhaps apparent, some not. Um, and that's a commitment that I, I make as well uh, as first of all, first and foremost, as a member of this community, um, I make sure that, um, you know, inclusion is, is always a part of what we're talking about. And then we're finding some 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 structural ways to do that as as well. I mentioned our DEI office, and you know I'm I'm um, challenging our faculty who are really eager to 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 move ahead with finding ways to make sure that we're uh, including people who um, demonstrate some neural diversity as well. You know, uh, Brad, we we all know that we don't all learn the same, right? Uh, so finding various ways to go about assessing that learning. Uh, finding ways to be welcoming to, to people who think differently than, than we do and maybe think differently than the people who wrote the curriculum um, underscores our, our commitment at this institution to, to being as, as, as inclusive as possible and knowing that our community will, is, is stronger because of that inclusion. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the job market, you know, and this probably ties into what you're doing in the community and businesses, you know, but, but how do you ensure that students are prepared for jobs um, of today, but also jobs that may not even exist today? What, what does that look like? And, and how do you make sure that they're ready? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Brad. So yeah, you and I know that, uh, um, you know, our, our, our students turned graduates are likely to have positions at some point in their career that, that don't exist right now, right? 
um, which I, I, I find I find exciting, and I think it's an interesting challenge for, for us from a from an from an educational perspective. So, sure. you know, for, for institutions that haven't made the fundamental pivot, um, they have to do it soon. We, we no longer impart knowledge, right? <laughs> um, you know, we, we, we don't have all the data and students, students come to us and ask for it. They have access to more data than they could ever consume in their lives. Uh, and they carry, you know, two, three, five devices around with them that have, have access to all that information at any given time. What we're in the business of is helping students understand how to consume, how to make sense out of, how to aggregate, um, and then how to, how to leverage that information. Uh, as uh, as thinkers, as employees, as leaders. Um, so of course, students are developing um, you know depth of expertise in their their respective uh, disciplines. That's that's part of what we do as a university. But we also make sure that all of those students are getting um, those essential skills. Um, they're 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 learning how to be thinkers uh, first and foremost, and consumers and generators of 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 information turn turn knowledge. And you know, effective partners uh, with one another and, and citizens um, in uh, in a world where increasingly uh, we each need to be effective, critical consumers of what's coming our way. Yeah, it it, is, it really amazes me how uh, how many how many ways you know students, children, everyone really can just absorb and, and receive information. I mean, I remember. The first email I ever saw was my junior year in college. <laughs> you know, let alone, <laughs> let alone holding onto a phone and and you know being able to use a phone. And now my my thirteen year old son is showing me new tricks and tools as to how to use my Apple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I'm I'm right there with you. Sounds like we might be uh, along a similar timeline in terms of our our discovery of technology. And uh, which presents an interesting challenge for us, right? So, so how do we continue to make sure that we're we're leveraging technology uh, in, in in effective ways to make sure that we're um, communicating with um, with our constituencies? Mm -hmm. So, are most of your students coming from Missouri? So, these days, most of them are. Now, uh, we certainly do have students from outside of Missouri, but most of most of them would call a, a, a city or town somewhere in Missouri home. Uh, but we have students from throughout the United States. And matter of fact, we have, we have a fair number of international students as well. Uh, it's, a, it's approaching about 9% right now of students from, from outside the United States, which who, who always, always add to you know, rich, rich dialogue and, and experience um, here on campus, uh, whether it's on the soccer field or whether it's in the classroom. You know, it's it, it's always I, I find a valuable experience for a for a U.S. student, for a domestic student uh, to have to to stop and think, wait a minute. Is that true only here <laughs> or is that that true? Uh, that assertion I just made, is that true globally as well? And it's always great to have a have a colleague, have a peer, have a friend who's willing to check you on that. Right. That's part of that uh, critical, respectful dialogue that we hope to foster. Mm -hmm. And so are you spending most of your, of your day on campus? Are you out in the community? Is it fundraising? Is it, is it focused on enrollment, meeting with students? What does the day in, in the life of Dr. Moreland look like? <laughs> That's a great question. And, and, it, and it depends on the day, which is part of sure. what I love about, part about, I love about my job. And I, and I, and I'm a, I, I truly am a, a fortunate guy because I, I, I love what I do. And I don't mean just, just being president. 
I love being uh, a member of a university community and working to uh, advance that in ways that are increasingly inclusive, engaging, and letting more people know about it. So every day is different. Uh, I'll tell you, I do spend most of my time here on campus, and I love that. Um, uh, it gives me a chance to, to, to talk with students on a, on a, on a daily basis um, to hear how things are going for them, uh, what it is that they're excited about, what questions they have, particularly at a time when you know, they're seeing, seeing a change in leadership. Um, I don't know when I was 18 or 19 if I would necessarily know what the implications are of that, but I sure would have been curious. Um, and uh, so they're uh, uh, kind uh, to me. Uh, they're willing to, to uh, I remember uh, one of my first days, there was a table that was uh, kind enough to treat me as the new kid and let me sit down with them and, and have lunch. And, um, you know, so, so it gives me a chance on a regular basis to talk about what we're doing as an institution, um, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, to make sure that they keep having a great experience, and and sometimes those are those are big sweeping strategic things, and sometimes those are uh, little things. And you know, I was was lucky enough in my my early days to keep my ear to the ground and listen to what some students were telling me, and you know, fix a few things. Um, you know, work with my facilities team, and and I, who who are spectacular and. They uh, they're always ready to to to, to jump in and, and make something even even better than it was. And so, you know, we 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 are able to show students really early on in this administration that we we care about them. We don't not only care about their development as a thinker and and as a future citizen and employee, but um, you know, we we we, we want to make sure things are comfortable and 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 feel great here on campus too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what an experience. I mean, just being a part of the of a university and you know college family you know, an atmosphere. And um, is there anything that, that you can pull from your days as an undergrad, you know, when you are sitting down at the table with other students, you know, is there anything that you look back on and you go, gosh, you know, remember those, those four, four plus, you know, years in school, is there anything that, any, any wisdom that you can impart on, on, on students to say, hey, make sure you take advantage of this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as I as I look back on my experience and what I valued <clears throat> that was within my my control, um, you know, I already told you how important it was for, for me to have a faculty member that 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 took an interest in, and gave me feedback, which, sure. which changed my life. But in terms of what was what was within my my realm of control, my 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 advice to students would be engage in everything that you possibly can. Um, you know, I, uh, I look back on my experience and I, I, you know, I have, I have lifelong friends from, uh, from my undergraduate days. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's really exciting to see that forming here on campus. And I'm so heartened to see that so many of our students are engaged in very different ways. Um, so, you know, maybe in a different institution or at a larger institution, students might have sort of one principal touch point, like maybe they're a student athlete. And that's, that's, that's almost their sole identity on campus, both personally and, and how others regard them. I'll tell you, I, I see circles of, of students here who are friends that are very different uh, in terms of what they're doing on campus, the ways that they're engaged, uh, athlete or not, uh, Greek life or not, um, uh, equestrian studies, ASL, um, humanities, um, some commute, some live on campus, uh, but they're, they're, they're engaging each other in ways that, um, 
I think is very exciting. So, so my advice to, to my current students, my prospective students um, is, is just continue to engage uh, in, in as many different ways as you can. One, because statistically, uh, I know that it's more likely to, to keep you engaged on campus and, and it's predictive of your success. But just also as a, as a guy who's been in around colleges, colleges and universities his whole career, uh, if not most of his life, um, I, I, I know that it's just an amazing experience and, and to, to, to drink as much as you can from that, that, that stream of, of engagement um, as possible is, is the best advice I can give. Well, excellent. Well, excellent. Well, well, Dr. Jeremy Moreland, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for such great content. Hey, Brad. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. It's a, it was a real pleasure to, to, uh, to talk and uh, I would just say go Owls. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. Welcome to the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. We are excited to have Dr. Jeremy Moreland, president of William Woods University, as our guest.